I'm Dan, and if you're new to homebrewing, so am I. Welcome to My Adventures in Homebrewing. Hey everybody, it's Dan once more. It's time to go around the world one more time and have a beer or two along the way. Thank you very much for joining us. And right now, uh, we're very fortunate uh, to have two of the three members of the Homebrew Happy Hour. Hopefully, the third will be able to join us. Yes, it, we have Josh with us. He's not the third person who's missing. <laughs> We actually have Todd and Josh with us. James hopefully will join. Um, these are three really great guys. If you haven't seen them on YouTube or followed them on their podcast or through Instagram or their website, Kit Connection, CM Becker, and homebrewhappyhour.com, their Patreon channel, and the Super Duper Homebrew Club. See, I got you all, buddy. I got you all. <laughs> I love it. And uh this is where I actually, before uh, I actually went out and bought my new rig uh, when I got back into homebrewing two years ago, I watched their, their, their videos and all that. And James was actually the guy who gave me the most information that I needed when I went to go buy my all-in-one electric system, which was fantastic. Boys, thank you very much for joining me today. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you very much. No problem. So, um, Todd and James, how did you guys meet? Uh we met, let's see, well, Josh, I hired Josh. He was working for a nonprofit making yeah. like 35 cents an hour, I believe. <laughs> it was, yep, uh, yep. <laughs> and uh, what year was it, Josh? It was uh, 2008. It was March, eight, or pardon eight. me, it was May. You hired me May 12th, uh, or was it May? 9th? It was either the 9th or the 12th, 2008. Uh, is when I first started. I I interviewed a week before because yeah, I was I was making five dollars and ten cents an hour, uh, or maybe it was five fifteen. At, yeah, and Todd was offering five thirty. So I was like, uh, man, this is a huge no. I forgot what you started. You started good. It was like eight bucks, I think. But I yeah, was at yeah. The was, time, it, it, at the time it was good. It was yeah. it was it was two thousand eight, and um, I I went in for my interview because I read on a Craigslist ad that he uh, there's a I was living in San Marcos, which I live in San Marcos this again I've, I've made it full circle and uh craigslist said uh growing internet company selling uh homebrew equipment or something like that it was a manual labor position i don't know if you know this about me dan i don't like manual labor it's not my thing and so i went to the interview and i'm if i'm if i'm anything i'm honest and i told the i told todd and i told his wife and i told their sales manager that there was three people working for the company with todd and his wife included and i told them i said look i y'all are an internet company and as you grow the things i'd like to do for y'all like like graphic design web development that stuff you'll need in the future but i'd like to hop on now but i'm gonna be terrible at this whole keg washing thing but i'll <laughs> But I'll do it if you hire me just so I get the experience. And, you know, I could see Todd being uneasy. Fortunately, his wife likes me and, and I and I made a good impression on her and and I, they took a chance on me. Right, Todd? No, we did. We did. And he was absolutely right. He was terrible at manual labor. <laughs> we, we, we hired another guy. <laughs> we hired another guy to help because we got really busy to wash kegs. It, I could hear Josh in the back in the backyard because it was literally in my backyard at this point. We had a shed and yeah. it was very small. I could hear him back there going, ah, "Can you slow down a little bit? You're making me look really bad here." You know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, and, "Hey, uh, man, this is a run out the clot situation. What are you doing?" <laughs> um, so so pretty, qu pretty quickly, he started doing marketing. I can assure you. There you go. So what you're saying is, is that you're all thumbs. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, so I did. I actually did manual labor for a sprinkler company, man, in my high school years, every summer or two summers in my high school. And um, I dug ditches for the sprinkler company. And so I just learned quick uh, that manual labor was not for me. It's just not something I, you know, I do I, around the house. I get stuff done. I just don't like doing it. And the keg washing thing, like I said, like I, I can joke and laugh at myself all day because I'm honest with myself. A manual labor is not something I enjoy doing, but you know, I saw the opportunity to do, to hopefully grow into a position that I did want to do. And so it was worth it to me to be um, pseudo adequate at keg washing for a year before I started being able to keg wash for half the day and then go inside for half the day. And then keg, and a couple of years later, keg wash and do orders for a quarter of the day and then go inside for three quarters of the day and so on and so forth. But yeah. I'd like to think that I, I, you know, earned where I'm at now. I'd so like what you're think. saying is, is that you were earning your beer as you went. Absolutely, I did, <laughs> and I wouldn't even. I didn't. Even, you know, I was so young. Uh, I was 22 when he hired me. I'm about to oh, be. Wow. Yeah, uh, it's coming up on my 13th anniversary with the company. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, he 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 gets me like a little uh, cracker jack box, and uh, he lets me drink his beer. So it, it works. Uh, out. Let's I, let's I, not joke. I for, I forget every year, and he has to remind me, and I'm always <laughs> embarrassed. He's like a second wife. I mean, <laughs> Todd, you can admit you're, he's the reason why your hair went so white. It, it is. is. It is. Yeah. It is. Oh, it is. It is. Awesome. So, um. <laughs> You guys have had some amazing adventures. Like, like you've yeah. been you've been to Germany, I think, a couple times. Yep. Uh, you've been a few uh, homebrew uh, homebrewcon a, a lot of times. Right? Lots of them, yes. So you know, how did Cake Connection and the, the homebrew happy hour come to be? Uh, so, I'll I'll give the preliminary answer, and you can kind of fill it in, Josh. So, Cake Connection came to be because my kind of two parts. One. My wife bought me a, a kegerator for Christmas, and that's something that a lot of wives don't do, right? I mean, it was I was impressed when she bought me a kegerator for Christmas, you know, and uh, I started, I you know, I went to buy kegs, and I had a difficult time finding some, but I found some, bought them, and I started looking online, and I was like, wow, you know, I, I could use some extra money because I was working about 60 hours a week, full-time job, gone almost all day, all week. I, I would just be there mainly on Mondays and Fridays. If then, and, and uh, I, I bought these kegs and I talked to the guy and I said, I'd like to buy like a hundred of these and just sell them on eBay because eBay was bigger then. Yeah. Uh, or not, probably not bigger, but it, it, it was a huge player then. And uh, that seemed like a good idea that I would just watch them. And then my wife would put them in a box, which sh she'd ship them out while I was at work, you know? And the guy was like, I only sell truckloads of them. You got to buy, you know, 3000 of them. Uh. So I went to my wife and I explained the whole harebrained idea to her. And she said, as she has always done, and she's an amazing woman. She said, well, if you think it's a good idea and it'll work out for us and I'll support you on it. So I bought 3,000 kegs, had them delivered uh, to the ranch where, my, uh, where I actually live now, but I didn't at the time. And my dad, I had friends come over and help me unload them, and my dad was there. And I still remember to this day, as I was putting them in this barn of his, he said, I wonder when your kids will, your grandkids will pull the last keg out of this barn. 
So that's the uh, amount of uh, 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 faith that my family had in me, right? <laughs> okay. But anyway, we uh, that's how it started. And then we started very quickly moving into other parts of draft beer. And we were pretty much focused on draft beer the first 10 or so years before we really got into the homebrew side. Okay. All right. So homebrew happy hour. I'll let you fill that in, Josh. Oh, yeah, sure. When I uh, when Todd had the company in San Marcos before he moved it, uh, we were doing, like you said, we keg kits, mainly draft stuff. We didn't sell uh, supplies in regards to ingredients and recipe kits. But when he moved it, when he moved the company to Comanche to be closer to where he wanted to live and, and stay full time, I went freelancing because I wasn't willing to move. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Comanche. Comanche, actually, believe it or not, is one of my favorite places in the world now. Great food, especially for a town that, what's the population, Todd? 5,000. Like 5,000. And they have, they have two restaurants, uh, Guanajuato's and Harvest. Oh my God, world renowned food and, and, and very affordable. But anyway, I'm digressing. Um, when he moved the company there, I, when I wasn't willing to move, we determined, okay, you can keep doing some stuff for me, but I, I don't really need you on full time. So I went and started freelancing and something I knew I was always interested in. I'm a, I'm a musician by hobby. I'm, I'm, I'm very mediocre at a handful of things in the music realm. And, uh, I started getting into audio engineering. I was doing a lot more mixing and stuff, like post-production mixing and, and tracking music and whatnot. And podcast production seemed like something that made sense. I like talking, if you haven't been able to tell from listening. No, I couldn't show. tell that at all, no. no. Exactly, I love the sound of my voice. Um, <laughs> I don't actually, I don't, that's why I don't edit our show, because I don't want to hear my voice anymore. But. <laughs> We, I start, so I started freelance doing podcast production, a couple shows for myself for some little projects I had then for a local magazine that I was running. And then uh, I, I got hired on by other people. A, a guy who ran a gun store uh, hired me to do a podcast. This uh, pro feminist group hired me to do their podcast. And then I approached Todd because I was doing his marketing stuff for him. I said, Hey, I think we should do a podcast. At the time, there was not a lot out there besides the handful of shows brewing network had and which by the way are phenomenal shows mm -hmm. brewing network's a great uh, great network of shows but uh I, he was like well what would we talk about i said well you know with with draft beer and with the draft equipment and that side of stuff why don't we do a q a you get all these questions anyway mm -hmm. like sent to you by email what if we did what if we solicited questions and whatnot and he was like okay uh, we can try this. You're not gonna charge me anymore, right? We're just like, like this is gonna be part of what I'm already paying. I was like, yeah, 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 sure, let's just do it. Cause I wanted to try to build up my expertise with mixing equipment. Like if I could move yeah. my camera around, you'd see my office is a slew of technology and stuff that I can't afford and don't really need. But uh, I was able to convince him, like, give me a chance. Cause I think best case scenario, we build an audience and we use this for brand support. Like, you know, Keg Connection at the time was the type, the underwriter of Homebrew Happy Hour. There wasn't a distinguished difference. And so it was Keg Connection's Homebrew Happy Hour. And um, we can, you know, promote the brand that way. And worst case, no one listens and we stop doing the show. And, you know, we if we could still have the episodes there forever because the Internet's pretty much forever. Forever, yeah. And, yeah. And so, you know, I, I saw it as a win-win. And, and again, you know, Todd, for all the, the things I like to make fun of him about, uh, he does he if he does give people a chance to do what they want to do 
And if it works out, then it, he's a winner and it, it all works out. If not, we just shut it down. So I did appreciate that because the podcast is my favorite thing to do by far, by far. It's just too much fun to, to talk. It, it really is. Things. It really is a lot of fun. I've, I've enjoyed it. And I mean, even though I thought I didn't, I definitely didn't tell you what a stupid idea I thought it was at the time, <laughs> but it turned out to be one of your best ideas. I, it's something I've thoroughly enjoyed ever since. So well, I know. All right. So who knew that Todd, you, you are a saint to deal with Josh. Absolute saint. Right? I'm, talking, I I, I'm telling you, yeah, but, and I, uh, and I'm, I'm no trouble at all. Right, Josh. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> smart, smart answer, Josh. Smart answer. <laughs> so let's dive into some, into a little bit of Q and a uh, from uh, my adventures here. So, uh, I don't know if you guys saw on my Instagram account or on Facebook, whatever else, my brewery died completely went bleh. when did you post that no because i follow you yeah i put it up on uh sunday oh no what happened yeah. so, oh yes i did you're rebuilding yeah. your robo brew i did yeah. see that yeah so uh, i was in the middle of uh a brew day everything had gone great from the mash to the sparge everything was going awesome 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 and then you know i paused it flipped on the thousand watt switch to bring it up to a boil push the play button and all i heard was Wong. i'm oh, like no that's not good <laughs> i'm like mm, there's no power to the elements no power to the pump and i'm like uh, oh, let's go old school and just dump everything into the canning pots oh, onto like no. onto a camp stove a coleman two burner coleman, camp, yes <laughs> two burner camp stove i've been i've been there yeah so have has this happened before with all in one systems? I know with Robobrew or with Kegland, they've upgraded to the new Brazil, the 3.1.1 with the new boards and everything else. And I I've struggled to get this thing up and running again. And it won't, I keep getting an arrow code, arrow code three. I've replaced the board, I've replaced the screen, the I've replaced the thermal circuit. Uh, I've traced all the wires, everything. It's it's now officially dead because I thought I had it working. Then I smelt smoke. Now the elements are gone completely. So I'm thinking it was just a matter of time of me abusing this thing because I think I've put maybe I've done maybe maybe eighty or ninety brews on this thing. Wow! Over so, how long? A couple of years? Two years? Wow, that's a lot of brewing. That's a lot of yeah. brewing, dude. <laughs> that's awesome. I have nothing else to do. I'm retired. <laughs> I mean, I I work part-time in a brewery, which is fantastic, which it it sparked me getting back into it, which then uh, caused me to find your, your YouTube channel. And I just, it just kind of blew up from there. But has, is this like a normal thing for like some all the one systems that were circuits and that fry, and then there's no other way to, to get around it, but to just replace the whole unit. I, I have, I do not ever recall a customer losing. Now I, I shouldn't say that Joe at uh homebrew supply, he's had him fail before almost immediately out of the box. And then the manufacturer took care of it. So, but somebody that's been brewing on a while, I, I don't remember having one fail. I, I had one fail one time. I was just about to say it was a, it was a, it was a Blickman. It was John Blickman's fault because <laughs> No, it Mr. Blickman, this is not me saying this. Yeah, it was uh, okay, John. I admit it. Uh, we 
we plugged it into the wrong plug and blew a, a wire on it. Oh, he was he was nice enough to send us the he replacement was. part. So, uh, at which they always, you know, Blickman's always good about taking care of customers. Uh, they're a big, uh, they've always done that. So mm-hmm. th- that was my fault. It wasn't their fault. So I, I don't really have any experience with one just going out like that. You know, I, I remember, because I help on the, on the service side of things sometimes, some grandfather units not that long ago had issue with the boards burning out. And um, I want to say, or no, Kenny, Kenny doesn't burn a grain, or maybe he does. Uh, Brewer Seville, he, he, we're, we talk a bunch through message, and I want to say he either had a robo brew or it was a grandfather that had, had the board blew up on him. Yeah. And I believe they were able to just replace the board. But yeah, like Todd said, I don't think the the one thing people say about the all-in-ones is actually like their durability, right? And obviously the convenience. I mean, mm-hmm. the the whole reason people get into using all-in-ones is because they're so fun and so easy. It makes absolutely enjoyable. Oh yeah, it, it honestly like I was terrified when I was getting back into it, saying, "Oh God, me and a propane burner." I'm like just bringing <laughs> bringing back Im- memories of immersion heaters back in the field for the military because we used to have these like big tanks or or, or look like garbage cans uh, filled with water, and then you'd have a heater that submerges inside of it, and they're diesel heaters, so you have to heat heat one part up first, get it going, then you slowly drop the fuel onto it and if it's done right <clears throat> no problem if it's not it blows up in your face oh god <laughs> and, and then all you hear is all you have is like the smell of burnt hair and no eyebrows hence that's, that's my like, nightmare hence yeah, my jo- josh really hates things blowing up in his face it's happened before so I that's why it. he doesn't have any hair yeah that's why i'm balding yeah <laughs> It was that imperial tan. That imper- I'm gonna sue imperial for male pattern baldness. So I was terrified, thinking oh, I'm gonna have to get a three vessel system, that all propane burners, and I'm like, oh, and that's when like I saw James on your channel talking yeah. about the all in ones, and I'm like, why have I not seen these? But I had a co- I had a cardiac when I saw the price of a grandfather. Oh, I know, man. I know. It was like over a thousand dollars Canadian. Yeah, it's a lot. They're, I think they're nine ninety five American, right, right now, uh, and I think they go on sale every Black Friday for like seven ninety nine, which is still a lot of bread. Hmm. Uh, eight eight hundred bucks for again. Oh, again, when Mash and Boil at the time pre pump unit, they had one for two ninety nine. I think it was three hundred dollars U S. And that's cheap. You know what I mean? And I don't mean cheap, like cheap constructed. I mean, affordable. That's very affordable. So, and James, like you saw in that video, uh, he rid his own little like $18 pump solution to, to make recirculation possible on his mash and boil or the one we had in office. So you're talking only spending on the high end after everything's said and done three fifty for a, you know, all in one with recirculation. That's, very affordable and then that's when like the proliferation of other ones started coming out because what is the what did the robo brew start at i think it started at 429 or, or 399 so, so when i bought mine it was 450 canadian okay and the new one uh, uh that i just got was like 500 bucks so that's probably what two dollars american right yeah so that yeah <laughs> exactly i think that's the conversion rate yeah, yeah. <laughs> no the all-in-ones are great though um, yeah, I, I've told well, Todd, Todd almost always dictates how I brew. Uh, when I, I've told, no, really, 
<laughs> well, just no. if I no, I, no, let me preface. I, I can't throw him under the bus. If I want to brew and not have to pay for it retail, he then has some stipulations. I mean, it's his money. It, it, and it, it, pay for it retail. He means and not pay for it at all is what he meant to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So that's <laughs> how you got the spike prototype. I'm not going to argue semantics with you, boss. Uh, uh, oh, the spike prototype. That's all. Yeah, that's it's, it's, so That's why you're still struggling with that spike solo. Yeah, we are. My my dad's so determined, man. He's so determined to to do that thing running. But I'm I'm ready to look. Not it, it, the prototype is not the retail unit, and I've always had to clarify that on our own show because Spike the solo the retail unit is phenomenal and it's getting great feedback and especially for bigger batch brewers that still want to do an all in one. Now, you know it 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 gets difficult depending on the the bill like doing like getting the basket out yourself is not the easiest thing when you go from a five gallon to a 10 or a 15 gallon batch but uh actually brewing on this on a solo not on a prototype unit where the basket had to be redesigned uh is actually an enjoyable experience but i'm excited to move on you were talking earlier you know the propane and all that i am ready to go full-time electric and Todd has been working on a system with James that brow tag that I'm actually super excited about ah. jumping into because it'll it is a three vessel system. It's a Herm setup, and that'll be my first kind of foray full time electric brewing. Where you know I've brewed on five gallon batch all in ones. The the Foundry happens to be my favorite. I think they did a real good job with it. It's been super reliable. But jumping into 15 gallon batches on a three vessel for me is something I'm actually looking forward to. Cause I like the um, predictability that a three vessel offers people, right? It's uh, it, it's reliable, it's predictable. And that's something I need <laughs> as a brewer, because like when we do even our cooler brew where we've made some of our best beer in Idloo coolers, but I can't do it consistently. So I'm ready for some consistency in my brew life. It sounds like it's just you, not the equipment, bud. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, no, trust me. I'm very familiar with what's the common denominator. I I make no uh, you know, qualms about that. I, I agree. <laughs> so what should I do with all these? Like I cannibalized the old robo brew. So I took <laughs> so I took out the pump because the pump's still good. The board and the screen are still good, and the thermal switch is still good. So I'm kind of thinking, hmm, maybe I can jerry rig this old system into something get like a, a submersible uh water heater for it and turn it into an hlt and that way just maybe rig the pump up where it with some uh, tubing in one way out the other and turn it into an hlt for sparging would that would that right, work? Todd? yeah um i really wish james is on the show now because that's right up his <laughs> alley uh Jerry Jerry Riggin is his middle name, so uh, oh. MacGyver is his middle name. Yeah, I thought you were going to say it's Coulter, but okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I could I could see that. I I just I don't know. It, it's uh, have you reached out to the manufacturer about fix? I mean, about oh the, yeah, oh yeah. So I the, what I got from Kegel. I mean. Don't, nothing against them i mean they're, they're great people and they've helped me before with questions and things like that but with this it's like well follow the diagram i'm like i did follow the diagram i retraced every wire three times even when i got the new unit i popped open the bottom on it and looked I'm like yeah everything's fine everything's exactly where it needs to be and there's just no power 
going here. I'm like, okay, whatever. Got got the thermal circuit yesterday. Dropped that in this morning. Oh, it's going to live. Then bleh, dead again. And nothing but smoke coming out of the elements. I'm like, there's something not right somewhere. Mm. So it has to be short, right? I mean, that has to yeah, be. Yeah, that's all I can think of. But, but, and I wonder what is shorting. So it's probably in one of the wires. It could be a break in one of the wires, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but. Yeah, I mean, repurposing is always good. I, I just, uh, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't brewed a lot on the all-in-ones. I've only brewed about two, three times on them, uh, just because we were we've been testing so many systems over the last few years. You know, we did the cooler brew for a while, and then we really started getting into the to the Herms three vessel systems. And I just, I, I need to go brew on on several of them that I haven't even tried yet because people rave about them. But so you, but you did stick with the Robo, Robo brew. You, you yeah. got another one. Okay. Yeah. I got the new version, the Bruzilla. Uh, one, uh, once I popped open the bottom, I saw there's, there was a vast improvement in how the bottom was, how it was separated, separating not only the elements from the wiring, but the wiring from the elements, because they actually put a piece of that fire retardant insulation in the bottom of it. Okay. So to prevent any heat getting onto the wiring or anything else that can cause anything from melting, which, which I kind of think what may may have happened is that things overheated and maybe some of the wires may have melted or fused together and even mm. through the their casing, because there was no protection from the heat from the elements. Mm. So now we'll see. But as long as I've had the old unit, it worked like a dream. There was a few little look like workarounds that I did just for my own personal benefit. Uh, just because so, I had a nasty habit of clogging the pump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, it's like the first time out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just watching videos and they're just dumping hops straight into the boil. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Turn the pump. Out. It's like, why is it stopped? I'm like, okay. Uh, get things moving around, whatever. Get That's it the part out. of the YouTube videos that you didn't see because we've yeah, done that yeah. too. We, I promise you, any video you've ever seen of us brewing, you did not see the entire brew day. Okay. <laughs> well, me, me, me dumping the grain and during the... Uh, extract during, brew. During the extract brew day. Oh, no! I, I, all I do is, is uh, you know, all I do is all grain brew now. So we got to the point where we were doing the steeping grains and I just start pouring it in and stirring it. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it about three quarters of it in and Josh is looking at me and I'm looking at it and we both kind of go, oh, crap. So, <laughs> it was the best. Was the we, best. Yeah, we oh, refilmed yeah. that. Oh, that. No, I had to take the pump apart and just go like that through the tube and all I see is like hot mash coming out of the silicone tubing and everything else. It's, ugh, it's whatever. But one thing I did find though, because they have the malt pipe that goes in you get one of those extra large nylon bags and put the mash pipe on the malt pipe inside that, then set it down inside. And you get no hot particulate down inside that pump because that bag catches it all. And then you just, you know, squeeze the bag. Yeah. yeah. And go that makes there. sense. Yeah. 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 It, make, it works for me. I so. like the ingenuity of brewers. Like, uh, like yes. you, you and James are, are kind of cut from the same cloth. It feels like where it's like, <laughs> Jay, like for me, 
Uh, I mean, lazy might be a word that comes up. Efficient is one I prefer, where it's like, I, I will quickly go to the internet for Amazon and say, what is a product that can do the solution I need? Where James goes to Amazon to source products to build the solution. Yeah, parts, source <laughs> the parts. Part, yeah, he's yeah, sourcing yeah. parts where I'm sourcing people or, or products already where James is like, oh, well, if we, like, he, um, Oh goodness! He just y'all are y'all are doing something there at headquarters with the uh, mate like adding elements to something for for some kettles and whatnot. Oh yeah, we're passivating a, yeah. a bunch of kettles, and we get all these parts in yesterday or today. A control box uses uh, elements, breakers, right? elements, all these things, mm -hmm. and I'm like, this doesn't look. He's like, so we. <laughs> We bought this huge container at Tractor Supply, and we're putting a heating element in it to get it to 150 degrees to be able to passivate things. So uh, we just made it. You know, it's yeah. hard to find a passivation uh, kettle, right? So yeah. we made one. That's that's very typical of home brewers. Yeah. Uh, they tend to be do-it-yourself type of people. So me and Power Tools don't necessarily get along. <laughs> so, uh, my wife has a thing. If you're going to build someone, build something, call someone. <laughs> hey, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So that... like a typical army guy, I have no problem for blowing things up in place, but asking me to build something, um, you're taking your life in your own hands. You're taking... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's true though. Come on. It's, yeah, it's oh, so absolutely. true. Oh, it's so true. So, um, if someone's getting a an all-in-one system, or or even looking at like, like say other rims or a Herm system, what do you guys suggest? I mean, maybe this might be a little bit towards Todd. I mean, unless you. Oh, have... whoa! I have a lot of valid opinions, Dan. Um, <laughs> yes, he does. I would. Does. I would, my right. first one being, I would ask Todd. Todd, what do you think? <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I, I think a lot of it depends on what you want to do and what you, and what your situation is. So, the all-in-ones work really, really well. If you've if you've never all grain brewed before and you want to get into it, it's a great way to get into it. It wasn't an option when I started all grain brewing, or or I probably would have done it that way because it's just so easy. Uh, you know the cooler brew type system where, where you're using coolers also works very very well. I, I think the thing that amazed me the most the first time I I brewed with coolers was when I, when I put the water in and put the lid on and waited for an hour, and then we took a temperature reading when it was done and it was two degrees difference than when we put it, when we put it in there and we were, we were all kind of like, how is that even possible? You know? So, yeah, I think I like. I mean, I've brewed a lot on those, uh, on those systems. Uh, and of course, as you know, the Herms is my, my new love, but it's, but it's been that way for, quite a while now i've been brewing on that for four or five years but i do think that's something you probably want to get into after you've been brewing a while i don't know it would be you know i always a lot of people say just jump right into all grain but there's something to be said for extract brewing for a new if you're talking about new brewers because yeah. Yeah. because it, it takes away a lot of the steps and if you have to learn all the steps at one time they seem second nature to us now, but when you're starting, it's scary. You know, you're, you're like, okay, well, what am I doing next? What, what are they talking about mash? And what are they talking about sparge? And it, it's so nice to be able to learn half the steps and then switch over to all grain and learn the other half of the steps. So I think that's 
a still valid way to start as well. So. Absolutely. You know what I was always surprised by was because James, when we first met James, he had also been brewing big batch breweries with his, or big batch brews with his uh, homebrew buddies, the Duster Brew House. Uh, we had had them on before James ever worked for Todd. And he, when he started working for Todd, after you brought that grandfather, remember how many batches he did on the grain? He did a lot. And he, wow. and he was their biggest proponent and he still loves it. But I was really surprised when he started, be, he started evangelizing for Herms in regards to all grain brewing. Like he, he I think um, what people need to consider when their brewing situation is their personal, like yep. there, there are factors that I have that you don't have, Dan, or that Todd doesn't have. Like yeah. uh, let's, if I was living in a one bedroom condo still, uh, the, the robo brew or the brewzilla or the foundry for me, <laughs> might yeah. be the, the way to go, because yeah. I, I don't have, I, I can't really do it in this tiny little kitchen and I don't have a safe access to put like a, a propane burner somewhere or whatever. So this electric on one is better for me. If we're talking like perfect scenario, Hey, money's not an option or money is not a, a hurdle and space is not a hurdle. I think Herms, I mean, I've become a believer too. And I'm where the control you get uh, to, to just the most minute details, like James, when he's tweaking a recipe and he's doing a, a test batch on, on a three vessel system, he's able to just tune it like, Hey, and you know, obviously the ingredient side of it is a lot of it, but oh, yeah. he just, the temperature, I didn't realize how much control you get on the three vessel with your temps and your, the consistency and whirlpooling. I didn't know how big of a difference whirlpooling made. And oh, yeah. James now is also pushing filtering. <laughs> That's a whole different question though, but like it's filtering. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Filtering for during uh, transferring from his conical to the. Yep. Yeah, he's big. That's his next big thing now. But um, but yeah, I think it it's, it depends. Like if I was getting into all grain, uh, uh, and I was not working for Todd Burns Cat Connection LLC, I probably would have. Uh, I probably Cheap you know it, 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 yeah because I didn't have all if I didn't have all the tools in front of me. I think the all in ones would have appealed to me in my situation because I agree. Yeah. because they are easy to use. But if I was you know. A lot of people come to us for bigger batch recipes because most recipes on most websites, ours included, are for five-gallon batches. And when people are coming to us brewing bigger batch sizes and we start talking to them small talk, a lot of them have a similar story where I started extract brewing 10 years ago, eight, five years ago, whatever. Then I went to uh, uh, coolers with my buddies, my homebrew club, but now I've got this trio setup of, you know, like it all, that almost seems to always be the trajectory of people who take their brewing more serious. And I don't mean that pejoratively that you can't be a serious brewer on any other system than a three vessel. I just mean, I think people who are like, they're that much closer. They're the guys who tell you, oh, the microbrewery, that's what, that's what's next for me, buddy. I'm opening up the brewery in a couple of years, whether they do yeah. or don't, but yeah. So the guys I work for here, like the brewery I work at, it's actually five minutes from my house, which is extremely dangerous for me. So, <laughs> but uh, they started off as home brewers and they were home brewers for a long time. And then they made the jump into a 15 barrel brew house and it, it, it's, it's fantastic working there, but the learning curve for the guys was like, they, they admit it was like a, such a steep curve because they went from being on propane to using steam and, wow. and it's just like, holy shit. No kidding. And it's like, now we've got two 30 barrel fermenters, two 15 barrel fermenters, a couple of sevens. And it's like, 
it's everything is working great. But then just last week, one of the bright tanks failed. Like it, it was dumping glycol. Like you wouldn't believe. So it's getting replaced with a brand new one because the guys who made it are like, it shouldn't happen. We'll replace it for you, which is great. So that is fantastic. That's the way it's supposed to work, right? Exactly. But these are the guys that I usually pick their brain on when it comes to things for ingredients and things like that. But they're, when it comes to like the brewing equipment, they were so very much, uh, you put the pot on the stove, you use the propane burner. And I'm like, um, yeah, one, I'm married. <laughs> Two, my wife would kill me if I put that inside the kitchen and destroyed the stove. Oh, yeah. Uh, and three, um, again, I'd burn the house down with a propane burner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, come yeah. Come on. Yeah. But if someone wanted to step into the realm of a three vessel, what is a good entry level three vessel? I mean, I've seen like the like some of the spike stuff, the trios, uh, some of the um, SS Brutech stuff, uh, and some of the Blickman stuff looks pretty sweet as well. But what is a good entry level one? Um, Kitconnection.com. You go see Todd. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, it's, I'll, it's I'll a, let him. I'll just let him plug. It's a, it's a difficult. It's a, it's it's always difficult to answer because again, it, it's what you want. You know, a lot of people like to brew on propane and they like to brew outside. And pro- propane or natural gas, which are, whichever is very fast. You know, mm-hmm. you can heat things up very quickly. So, uh, as far as electric, there, it's it's simple and easy to use. But, you know, a lot of those systems are expensive. So there isn't really a cheap, super easy to use one that comes to my mind uh, on a three vessel. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, there, I think, too, I think, I think many, when, in entry level is almost a misnomer only in that you are not entry level brewing, probably right. getting into it. And, and, yeah. and, and, and if you're comparing brand to brand, I think a lot of the times people go with what's the best price or deal at the time. Cause I, what I've learned being in this industry, as long as I have, um, a lot of brewers are very budget conscious, which is not a bad thing. I think retail in general, people are that way, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, not a whole lot of brand loyalty, but I find that there are people who are diehard Blickman. And that's what I'm going with. I'm going with the, yeah. you know, brew easy, even though that's not their, their three vessel setup, but I'm going with whatever there, you know, there are, or there are spike diehards and there are SS Brutet diehards where, um, a lot of the time though, when people ask that question for us in a retail setting, it, it usually is trying to dive into, well, what, you know, what do you, what matters to you? Like, um, the, the durability of the kettle or the ease to use of the controller or gas or let, you know what I mean? Cause a lot of the times it ends up being sometimes an aesthetic thing. They're like, Oh, that SS Brutech, that controller would, it looks clean. So they, you know, so boom, that's why they're buying. Yeah, it. I mean, when we, when we worked on the brow tag and designed it, our main goal was to make it easy. Cause one of the <laughs> things that I've found on three vessel systems over and over again, and I've brewed on a lot of them is that the controls, they try to, make it so you can do every scenario you could possibly think of. Mm-hmm. And, and you never do any of those scenarios. <laughs> All you do is you put, you put heat on it and it heats up and you, and you do the brewing process, but it's so damn complicated because there's so many variables. So what was important to us 
not just in designing that system, but even changing our home systems as we were trying to work on it was to make it simple. So we took kind of this, the opposite approach. We made it, we made the controls extremely simple with the option that you can turn on more complication if you want it. I, I, I'm going to guess that 95% of people won't do that. There's always going to be some engineers out there that are going to want to make it as complicated as possible especially if they're German engineers, but, um, <laughs> no, no, he's not wrong. I know yeah. he's not wrong. But Don't take this personally my, horsed. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad's an, my dad's an engineer and, uh, we, you know, with CM Becker, we work with a lot of German engineers we and do. Uh, you know, their main goal in life is to make things more complicated. Right. So, um, I, my main goal in life, because I have a very simple mind is to make things very simple and, and I think if I was looking for a three vessel brewing system, that would be the most important thing to me is make sure that that system is easy to brew on because at the end of the day, you want consistency and you want to make good beer. You don't want to do algorithms and determine yeah. all these things. So that, that would be my main thing. The, the other thing is, you know, for us, a lot of people, when we think of starter systems, we think of five gallon and I just, people have situations where they may do a five gallon, say Herms or rims or, or whatever. But to me, you're spending all the money already on all the controllers and all the other stuff. I would rather have bigger vessels and be able to brew bigger batches, but not everybody has my friends. I mean, um, he means uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, people you, you tell, mean Josh. Yeah. He means well, and Josh too. He's one of them. You know, I mean, People say, oh, gosh, I would never brew more than five gallons because it just take forever to get rid of it. I could send my friends over to your house in one night and they could take care of the problem wow. for you. Yeah, <laughs> I have a hard enough time keeping up with family orders because, like, I have family and they, they love the alt beer I make. Yeah. And, like, I'll make, like, 10 gallons of it and it's gone within a day. Because, oh, we'll take both. What? We'll take both. Yeah, that's absolutely. funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I, I like to, I, that's the reason I like to brew bigger batches. It's because we, we trade is one thing. So, it, you know, if I brew 15 gallons, James will take five of it. And if Josh has brewed, I'll, I'll, I'll he does. If I bring reluctantly him give him five. And then, that's right. Uh, there you go. And then you've only got five gallons anyway, but you got five other gallons of a different beer. So that's a lot of fun. And, and that's really how I recommend for people like the brewing. Uh, the community is my favorite part of the home brewing anyway, but if you can either get with the club or, or a person like Todd friends that also brew and uh, do beer share, that's the best way to get diversity on your taps. I loved it. ever since we started brewing bigger batches and Todd has graciously included me in then on the beer trade. I love it. Cause now I just took home a batch of his IPA, his grapefruit IPA mm-hmm. and having it on tap with our session IPA. Oh, and then nice. I still have some of his melt stout and then I still have some of my breakfast stout. Oh. on tap at my pops and uh, it's just it's a nice to have diversity without just like i know you said you've brewed 80 something batches in a couple of years I, I i'm not that hardcore i wish i i could be uh i i don't have i just don't have the demand there but it's uh and also too i'm i know me if i brewed 80 batches it'd be 68 batches of kolsch and you know whatever the remainder is because i'm bad at math of alt beer or something else so like i could not um i wouldn't have the diversity on my taps if it wasn't for the beer trade program oh well it's too bad you guys aren't closer i'd have but 10 gallons of vanilla bourbon stout to share 
Oh, that oh, sounds delicious. Good. Yes. Oh yeah. So you got an ABV about nine and a half percent right there. So, oh wow. Do you smoke cigars? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, okay. I was say that sounds like a great cigar beer. It does sound like a good cigar beer. I have like a fire table out in the backyard and I usually get some friends when it's going and we sit out back and we'll have like the fire going I'm like, oh, marshmallow stick. S'mores. That's awesome. So uh guys, I wish I could stay here and talk more with you, but I'm getting flagged via text message by my wife that I need to go and get our youngest child. So oh, good. <laughs> So thank you very much, gentlemen. I greatly appreciate it. If any time I can help in any some small way in a Canadian way, <laughs> I'd be more than happy to help out. Um, guys, please go check these gentlemen out. Check out their YouTube channel, the Super Duper Homebrew Club. Cake Connections got cakeconnection.com, not connections, cakeconnection.com. Uh, Sam Becker, uh, the tech check out that homebrew happy hour, not only on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not sure if they have Twitter or not. If, they have, if they have Twitter, check them out on Twitter and all that other good stuff. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time, and we'll have a beer sometime down the road. Thanks, Looking man. forward to it. Really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot, boys. Thank you. So I'd like to say thank you to Josh and Todd for being on the show this week. Greatly appreciate it. Had a great time. Unfortunately, James wasn't able to meet to meet with us. Hopefully next time if I get them on the show, James can be there because the three of them together, it's an absolute riot. Lots of great information. Again, go check them out on CM Becker, Cake Connection, homebrewhappyhour.com. Uh, you're looking at also on their Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go check them out great show also check them out on youtube honestly guys if you want to learn some stuff and have a great time along the way these are the guys to check out thanks again for coming along for the ride and beer two along the way i'm dan and i'll see you on the other side Whee!